This is Sonic 16 Presents. Let's sit forward facing on a chair and rap a while about music and photography. <laughs> Guys, have you ever thought about this? It's crazy. Music and photography. In many ways, they've got more in common than they've got different. <laughs> 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 oh, okay here we go here we go and <laughs> action Welcome back, everyone, to the penultimate episode of the Music and Photography Podcast. I'm Billy Sefford, and I'm excited today to be chatting with Graham Jago. Graham, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Billy. I'm excited <laughs> to be here on the penultimate episode of this podcast. Well, I can't wait to hear the ultimate episode. Well, that's that's kind of a good lead, and uh, maybe this will be helpful for people as they listen through this episode. This this is our part two, although you'll be hearing it first. So the uh, first part was more of the standard interview format that uh, the previous episodes have gone through. You tried anyway. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and sort of towards the end, we did start to talk about the music and photography podcast <laughs> as as an overall body of work, but by that point, it was two o'clock in the morning for you, and we, and we were probably running out of steam. So we decided to come back for a second bite at the apple, and this is that bite. Yeah, yeah, we did spend quite a large chunk, and by we, I mean, mate, spent quite a lot of time talking about AI in your music and photography podcast last time. So yeah, we did forget to talk about, well, mostly the music and photography, I think. That's right. So we did, I mean, it, just since and and i guess maybe that's the other thing to talk about is that these will represent the end of the music and photography podcast which <laughs> is not ending for any bad or negative reasons but yeah just did want to kind of draw a line under it as a, as a body of work i've by no means covered everything that could be bundled under the umbrella of music and photography and we're going to talk about a few of those things yeah we're going to wrap it all up tonight we're going to get everything everything that really incorporates music and photography in all their infinite glory into this one brief episode <laughs> that's right this this will be the ultimate or at least the penultimate coverage of these topics that you're likely to hear mm -hmm. on the sunny 16 presents feed <laughs> <laughs> except no substitute 
That's right. Ask for it by name or don't ask for it. <laughs> good, good, good suggestion. I'll take B, please, Bob. <laughs> All right. So kind of the thought process here. Some of uh, some themes did emerge over the course of the 39 or 38 conversations I had with different people. You know, ways that music and photography are similar, a few ways that maybe they're different or what they mean to us and and how we talk about these things, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as somebody who is in a similar place, and I think you and I both occupy a fairly similar space photographically in terms of our journey there and musically we are at similar points in both of those journeys in both of those mediums right that's fairly fair to say i think so and i know that certainly for me as i've really tried to get more into the music headspace over the last few months it's made me step back and think about what i'm doing with that and made me think about my photography and my approach to photography at the same time because there are the two hobbies do i mean they're both creative hobbies they're both hobbies where you're trying to essentially make something from nothing um there's there's a huge amount of similarities with them so well maybe just as a way to get us started the basic premise in the very beginning was that music and photography are two creative outlets for people and that as it so happened a lot of people and this is true i guess both ways but in particular what i think my focus has been on people i knew through the film photography community who also had an interest in music i did talk to a few people who probably were coming into photography from the music side but by and large it's been people in film photography who had an interest in music and that basic premise came from a cheap shots challenge and the theme was music and i had sent in my examples and i think as you were reviewing them on on one of the backing paper episodes you just made this offhand remark that in your experience a lot of the photographers you knew had an interest in music do you, you want to elaborate on that a little bit <laughs> I mean, that has been your experience, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think when you think about so many photographers that you talk to, not all photographers, but certainly, like I know Aid has made this comment before now, and I would certainly say it's true of me. A lot of us go, well, I got into photography because I was no good at drawing. I'm no good at mm -hmm. art. And what that speaks to is that we've tried. And I think that for a lot of people who enjoy photography, there is just this desire to create stuff so lots of people like do other creative things whether it might be crocheting or knitting or then you know, there's so many other things but i think and, and maybe this speaks to the fact that this is quite a male biased community does uh, and i know that there's an awful lot of and you've spoken to a lot of women who are engaging with music as well but there's a lot of guitar playing because it gets another very gear heavy hobby right. um but yeah i think that desire that drive to create and as we were talking about before the show the guitar much like the camera is an easier route to making music for a lot of people than many other instruments 
So it's, it's finding a pathway through. I, I think, you know, as well as music and photography, I, mean, I can't draw to save my life. I've tried. I just can't. I'm, but I've done a bit of writing in the past. You know, I think it's unusual, I would say, for the, the desire to be creative to actually just be limited to one thing. And I think in most cases, if it is limited to one thing, that's just because you haven't tried anything else yet. And when you do, you go, oh, I really like this too. When we were at the Analog Spotlight a couple of weeks ago, you know, there's people there going and doing Rachel Cyan-type workshops, super enthused about that, because again, it's just a different aspect of it. There's no camera involved with it, there's no, but it's another creative output. It's another way to make things. So yeah, I think that's why we see such a big correlation between people who engage with photography and music is because like people just want to creative people want to create right well and you mentioned gear and the doing the cyanotypes or just finding another way of being creative in general maybe is a good transition because gear is one of the things that has come up repeatedly throughout the series and you know there are people i imagine in both hobbies where the gear is the main thing for them they like collecting them they like the craftsmanship involved in making the instruments or the cameras or whatever the case may be and it feels to me like there's this sort of there's two sides to it i guess in talking to some people they feel like you know if i pick up a different guitar you know maybe the feel of the neck or the frets or something about that might make me play a little bit different and unlock something different in my guitar playing and cameras the same way you know you you're going to compose differently if you're using a range finder or if you're looking down into a waist level finder or using an SLR or looking at the ground glass on the back of a large format. So there's these, you know, the way that you do photography or the way that you do music, that gear can, or, or that's the argument anyway, is that using different gear can unlock different parts of that creative process for you. Whereas other people, you know, really kind of advocate for this, like one camera one lens mm -hmm. at least on the photography side of things and when i spoke to jody I, you know who played bass in a canadian punk band he he had a very limited musical gear i guess he found what he liked and that worked for him and he just stuck with that so i mean what are your thoughts maybe yeah i mean we can, you can talk about gear collecting but but about the role that the gear plays in in your creative approach. I completely agree with what you're saying. I watched a really interesting conversation with Johnny Marr, the guitarist from the Smiths, and he's done loads of other stuff. He's an electronic, fantastic musician. And it was a, an interview somebody did with him. It's, I think it's called The Pedal Show. It's on YouTube if you want to go and look it up. And they were talking about him and his guitars because he's just got a book come out. This actually ties in perfectly with music and photography because this book is full of beautiful photographs, um, like real close-up detail shots of his guitars. It's a really beautiful photography book. And throughout the course of the show, he's talking about the guitars that he's had at different stages in his life. And what I found really interesting in the way that he talked about the guitars was he, you know, he pick up a guitar. And you go, so I picked up this guitar from here. I got this from wherever it was. And and this is what it made me do. Like, this is this is what 
it inspired me to do I oh i started doing this this is how this feels and this became that song or this thing and so it really was a case of he was able to i mean clearly a talented musician he was somebody who was into guitars at a young age he he built up a real skill base to begin with but he was then able to let these individual instruments take him like he found the music within the instrument so every instrument encouraged and brought out something different in his playing mm-hmm. and i found that really interesting and i completely agree that this hold can hold as true for photography as it can hold true for musical instruments now where i'm at with my music at the moment as an absolute beginner is that i have a few guitars as we've discussed (laughs) in the future (laughs) um and and i really enjoy that and because they are all different they all sound different they all feel different but at the moment i'm playing pretty much the same beginnery stuff mm-hmm. across the board on all of them and maybe some of them make me feel like i'm going to do something it, it, it definitely does change some of them do put me in a different mood and so i will kind of change what i'm doing a bit but i'm at the early stages of that i think with photography especially like i think what's the idea of this one camera one lens just learn that and get really good with that is great but i think for the, exactly that reason that these things can take you to new places that you wouldn't get to with what you've got i think there is actually a real value in trying different things um because as you said like if you've been shooting with a 35 millimeter slr uh your whole life or as long as you've been shooting and then you shift and try a, a twin lens reflex there's no way you're taking the same pictures as you took with that 35 millimeter slr you're going to be put into a different headspace literally the way your brain is having to deal with image making is going to change to shift so you're going to start creating and thinking about things differently and i think that's hugely valuable and that's not to say you know oh you need to have try every different 35 millimeter slr (laughs) because within that there's all right you're getting (laughs) you don't need to have an olympus and a nikon and a canon because whilst you might get some benefits in some terms of ergonomics and that makes some things easier than others but yeah there actually are some fairly huge shifts for between a, an slr and a, a rangefinder a twin lens reflex and a large format and a, all of these things and so yeah i think there there is real value in exploring these different things and using them to broaden your creative palette but I think you kind of need to have got the basics down before you start doing that. Otherwise, it might be a bit of a wasted effort in much the same way that me buying all of these guitars <laughs> are going to be a wasted effort at the moment. But, but I love them more so dearly. Right. Of course. No, I, and that makes sense. I think most people, at least most of the people I know, in the, specifically within the film photography community, it seems like most people start out, though, buying... They get they come at it at the very beginning wanting a lot of different things, I guess, to try everything, maybe mm-hmm. to find what they like, rather than 
okay, they've gone through the process of developing the skills and now they're going to apply them across a different set of tools. They want to try out all the tools first to yeah. build up the skill. I mean, and it's to be, I, and I, I don't want to be gatekeeper about this. I don't even think mm -hmm. it's necessarily about having this great technical ability. I think maybe just to build more of an awareness of what you're doing and what you like, because I think where where the benefits to these things, both with um, instruments and with cameras can come from, is that they can put you into a place where the sonically or visually, mm -hmm. you look or listen at what you're doing and go, oh, this reminds me a bit of this thing that I might have seen or heard elsewhere. I'm going to lean into that. But if you haven't built up that kind of bank of recognizable stuff i'm trying to find a better word but you know what i mean like <laughs> this thing so that when you look down to a tlr and go oh i've seen stuff like this that i've really liked i'm going to try and now that i can see it down here in front of me i can lean into that or if it's on a guitar you know you play a little thing and go oh this sounds a bit like such and such i'm going to lean into that you right. need to have those things that you've built up a bit of a familiarity with and have enough ability to be able to then pursue that yourself whereas if you don't and you just go oh yeah okay i can see a thing well i'm just gonna keep firing the shutter like i've been doing you know regardless or or as i said keep playing the same <laughs> noodly riffs <laughs> keep playing the same pentatonic scale right well on the subject of noodling or just practicing or the craftsmanship involved or having some intention about what you're doing, however you want to call this. I mean, this is another thing that has come up and we don't talk about it, or at least in, in my impression, we don't talk about it the same way with music and photography. I think it's easy to say in music, okay, if you want to get better, you've got to practice. At least for me, I don't hear people calling their photography okay i'm going to go out and practice my photography they may mm -hmm. say i'm experimenting with this technique or they may you know use some sort of language like that but uh, essentially all of the pictures we take i guess are practicing our photography mm -hmm. and i guess what i would say certainly during covid when you know we were all locked in and i looked forward to getting out of the house and going and taking pictures i was going out every week you know shooting at least one or two rolls of film just shooting a lot of film and it feels to me like you know the pictures i was taking were better for having been out frequently doing this mm. i don't know if i would say practice makes perfect but it did seem like you get a better feel for composition the lighting every how all of these elements fit in together i mean just what are your thoughts on 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 the practicing part of it and the and the role that it plays in you know getting better at these things we were talking a bit beforehand about the fact that i'm and this is a really broad thing anybody who plays guitar is going to be familiar with the expression noodling on the guitar um which is when you just kind of you just Again, in my case, finding the minor pentatonic scale and, and noodling about on it. And, you know, you're not trying to play a tune. You're just playing around, playing notes that sound nice together. And the more that you do it, 
the more coherent and cohesive it gets and the, the better it starts to sound but it's still noodling and noodling is great fun and you can't go wrong when you're noodling really because there is no right that you're measuring up against and i know that for myself at this point i need to get back into actually more structured practicing to actually practicing techniques practicing songs practicing emulating what other people have done where there is actually a fail state where you can be bad at it and you have to work to get better and and this is this actually i really have thought about a lot with my photography because i think a lot of us as photographers spend a lot of our time maybe for some of us all of our time or a huge noodling Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about noodling in photography, but I mean, but like, kind of what you're saying is, you you were kind of noodling. You were going out there regularly. You were taking pictures, right. but you know, and you were getting better. But it was kind of noodling because it's like oh, I'm going out, I want to get out and shoot. But there was no, there's no fail state. There's no thing you're working towards. There's no. It's just taking pictures for the sake of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And you will get better at doing that. But is that what you're actually working towards? And I think that actually practice is really important for anything you want to get better at, but it needs to be not just repetitively doing the same thing if there is not like a moving forward. So, and you can do this with photography, like there are skills and things that you can work on. But I think you have to be practicing something where you can kind of measure whether you're getting better at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard with photography. It's hard because of all the reasons that finding any time to do photography is difficult in the first place. I have to say, I think, and this is a sacrilegious thing to say on the Sunny 16% speed, (laughs) I think everybody should own a digital camera, like a proper digital camera. It doesn't have to be an expensive one. It can be a cheap, you know, old SLR or whatever, but everybody should own a digital camera that they can take full manual control of to practice on doesn't matter whether you don't like the pictures on it particularly you want something that you can go and take hundreds of photos on and really practice and learn how these things interact learn how everything works so that when you're using your film cameras and your expensive film your hit rate can go up getting better at reading light getting better at you know, taking enough pictures and then looking at the pictures you've taken and saying, well, what do I like? You know, because it would never be you like some of your pictures, you don't like others and stopping and looking at what the difference is between those and honing and honing and honing that. There's so many elements. I mean, especially if you want to do a specific thing, if you want to shoot portraits or use um, lights or do landscapes, whatever it might be, practicing those specific things I think is hugely valuable and likewise with music i think trying to learn a song which i'm really lazy at i'm (laughs) i mean like so this is the thing i'm both with regards to my photography and with my music i know that i am not doing these things i mean anybody who's ever looked at most of my photography i'm just doing my own damn thing and (laughs) (laughs) most of it horrifically deliberately out of focus because then you can't say me that's wrong there's no chaos to be there. It's like, that's my art. It's not art. It's just now focus picture. Right. So I think that if you want to practice, I think, it, and get better at something, you actually need to have something where there, where you know you're not very good at it to begin with. And at the end of a period of time, you can see that you've got better at it. And in music, 
as anybody learning anything, especially you know, modern, you know, the like guitars, drums, whatever it might be, you want to play along, you're learning other people's music. You're not creating new music. You're learning to copy other people's songs. And that is difficult and it's hard. <laughs> and, it's, and it's harder than just noodling around and being creative and making your own music. But the more you do that and get better at that, the better you'll actually be at hopefully eventually not just noodling but making music because there is a difference noodling and making music are two different things and yeah likewise with photography i think we all want to be creative but there's probably an awful lot to be said for looking at other people's work in the genre that you like and really trying quite hard to emulate that and to take on board and learn the things about the pictures that you like and you're drawn to and learning how to do that in your photography i think that kind of very mindful practice is the best way to get better and improve the the hit rate of what you're doing and just how satisfied you are with your photos and music right and it, you know, sort of like we were just talking about, that's how you're going to build those skills or that craftsmanship to know how, you know, there's a time and a place to fit the minor pentatonic scale into this yeah. song that you're writing. <laughs> Always, <It's>... everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. And this was, I, I mentioned... Uh, before we started, I talked to Aid. That was a point that he had made. If he's learning someone, you know, someone else's riff, uh, whether he learns how to play it or not, is is that really being creative? I mean, we talk about music and photography as being creative outlets, and if all he's done is learn to play someone else's riff, is he being creative? And maybe in that one specific instance, no. But if you do learn that riff, then you learn you know the chords and the timing and all of the pieces and how that fits together and maybe if you fancy writing your own song one day you can use what you've learned there as the building blocks of putting something unique and creative together and out there yeah absolutely i mean we learn from seeing and hearing and whatever it is watching amazing stuff that's been done by other people and if we had to learn everything from first principles ourselves, we'd never get very far. And so by being able to take these uh, shortcuts, I guess, in some ways, be able to look at what somebody else has done and go, oh, that really works. I could incorporate that in some way or take an element of that or an aspect of that and let that guide my work, my creativity. I mean, and I think like, I have feelings about how we define ourselves as as artists or not artists, as all this stuff. And ultimately that kind of, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get into that <laughs> argument with anybody because it's just not worth it. But whilst I don't necessarily think that the simple act of taking a photo or strumming a guitar makes you an artist, I think it does make you a creative, even if you are reproducing something, even, even if you are standing in front of the Joshua tree, <laughs> taking the same picture <laughs> as a billion other people. Happy birthday, Jasper, last week. Um, and to you too. <laughs> and to you too. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's still, you are still creating 
it's not unique creating if you play if you're sat with a guitar and you are playing wonderful by oasis <laughs> because statistically you probably are you're still you're still creating the music in that moment is it uniquely your music no but you're still making music in that there are still sounds in the world that are happening in that your space that weren't there before that's still a creative thing to do it still has value and again the fact that it's something that already exists means that there is the challenge of trying to get to the point where you're doing it well which is just doing things with a fail state or if not a fail state where you can work to see improvement is good across the board and will help you make better music photography knitting origami <laughs> kung fu i'm not sure if that well maybe whatever it is than just noodling right and we talked also about how you know we we engage in these things because we enjoy them and there is mm -hmm. a certain satisfaction i mean i think most people start you know specifically on the guitar maybe not so much with the flute or the clarinet but <laughs> if you're learning guitar you're going to learn some riff to some song that you like and you're going to practice it until you can play along with the song right mm -hmm. and that feels good and you enjoy yeah. playing the guitar and you get that sense of satisfaction of being able to play along to some song that you enjoy and through that whole process you get better uh, yeah. which is great so it's sort of that positive feedback loop i guess yeah absolutely and i mean there is just and i think this is more of a music thing than a photography thing because music is instant music the feedback is instant but there is something about making i mean there's something about making music full stop when it's not sounding terrible which is very satisfying but when you're doing it with someone else or, or playing along with a song that me and might be on the radio, it's kind of an incredible feeling it, it makes mm -hmm. even if you're doing it badly it feels great i think that was the the revelation for me when um i started trying to learn guitar and i found a youtube tutorial which taught me like the three easiest possible chords you could do and it's like okay now have a go at playing along with this tune you know i, I, you know, I think it was um wild thing real simple mm -hmm. three chord song and it's like okay and you know the guy's playing on and i'm playing along with him like this is incredible I've, I've had this thing in my hands for 10 minutes and I'm making music uh, badly and boringly, but I'm making music with another human being. This is incredible. It's such a lovely feeling. And yeah, I think that's one of the things that the music especially has that very few other creative outlets can offer team sports maybe but uh, i mean they're not a creative outlet but i don't know is that a similar thing i can't be doing with team sports but you right. know I, I you know singing with other people what you know like if you've ever stood in a somewhere where everyone's been singing it's an amazing feeling i mean we touched on this it very is. briefly yeah. in the future but <laughs> <laughs> I would, i'll imagine what but like that thing of music is just it is an intrinsic part of being us. I mean, crumbs. Right. it's not even just being us, like birds sing, whales sing. <laughs> it's, it's like making sounds to communicate. It's, a, it's kind of a thing. Right. And you sort of 
touched on, and and I won't ask you to define art. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what I do. The opposite of that. <laughs> Nailed it. But this feels sort of related, and maybe this didn't come up as much in in the conversations. But I feel like there is a little bit of similarity here. I can relate to it much more on the photography side because I'm not writing songs and having to decide, okay, I'm going to put this out there for the world versus this other song that I'm not. But I was thinking about it recently. I've watched these documentaries behind the scenes of making this album or that album. And, and it seems like a common thing that'll happen is they'll write 15 songs for the album, but only end up putting 10 on there or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in photography, you know, and I don't, I assume a lot of people did this. I certainly did it in the very beginning when I first got into it. You know, I would go out in an afternoon to the botanical gardens of somewhere and take 150 pictures and I would post all 150 pictures on Facebook. <laughs> Thanks, and number Bill. one, yeah, you're exactly. part of the problem. <laughs> you know, and just for anyone who might not be aware, no one is looking at your 150 pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> That's right. And so calling, I guess, is what I'm calling this aspect of creative output and deciding, you know, what's what you want to share versus what you don't want to share. And again, I, I'm not experiencing this on the music side, but I feel like musicians do. People who do that for a living, they have to, you know, make those decisions. I mean, just you can relate it to music and photography or just any creative output. Do you feel like if you created something, it's your baby and the world needs to, to see it? Or how? Do, what is your thought process on kind of what, you know, what to share, what not to share and why, and, you know, for yourself or for, for all of our benefits. <laughs> Every, everything I do, every action I take is for all of your benefits. <laughs> You're all blessed. Um, in an ideal world, mm-hmm. I would like to say, especially with photography, because that's every time you fire the shutter is a decision. Mm-hmm. And in an ideal world, I would like to that every time I do that, it's with a like, th- I'm taking this because I think you know this is worthwhile for this reason, and 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 it's going to go here, and this is what I'm going to do with it, and this is why I like this. I mean, that's what that's what we're all working towards all the time. I mean, the reality is that sometimes I'm out with a camera, and I really want to take some pictures, and the stuff in front of you might not fully justify it, and or I might just want to finish a roll film it, but. But, you know, hopefully there is that first layer of, okay, I think this is worth taking a picture. I think I'm, there's something here which has caught my eye that I think I, that I want to try and capture. Once that's then converted into images on the screen in front of me or in, well, whatever, negatives, there has to be, I mean, I haven't shared anything on Instagram myself for a long time at this point. I've kind of, for exactly that reason, I, I stepped back and went, okay, what will I share and why would I share it? And as you said, Billy, nobody actually, it sounds awful, but like there's lots of pictures on the internet mm-hmm. and by a lot of amazing people. And I am not an amazing person. Uh, <laughs> I, I am obviously, but not in a specific way. 
And where I have shared things in the past, I've tried to do it for a reason, either because I think, probably mostly because I think there's some degree of interest to me, whether it's because of something that's gone wrong or something that I've tried to do that maybe others might be interested in seeing how that's turned out. You know, I, I had all the pictures on there of that project that I did, the Myopic Me project, which, you know, it was the thing I said I would do, so I did it, and I put those on there. <laughs> but most of my photography is not terribly interesting. And so I was like, well, does this need to go on the internet? And the answer is no, of course not. Like no one's going to miss seeing it. And that goes the same for, I mean, I, like you with your podcast, you go to a lot of time and effort <laughs> I know, <laughs> to, to edit and craft something and put it out. Like it's not just, oh, I've done a thing. It has to go out there. So no, the, my pictures are not my precious babies. Like there's, there's things, there are pictures that I have taken that I like, that I am proud of, that have meaning and value to me. And very occasionally, there's pictures I take incredibly that I think like, ah, that is something that I think is an okay picture objectively. But that's in the grand scheme of things very, very rare. So yeah, I the stuff that I have shared, and I'm sure at some point in the future will share more. I I try and do more because I think that there might be some interest there in it. But yeah, I don't. And with music. At the, at the moment there's nothing that i would do that i would share because it's just it, all bad <laughs> well and and yeah and maybe i should say you know i'm i'm not i'm not sitting here telling people that they shouldn't share their work anywhere and everywhere that they want to i mean if that brings you joy and and it and and there is a part you know, of being in the community that is about sharing pictures. I, I do like that part of it. And what I do share is for that reason. It makes me feel like I am a part of the film photography community. If I share film pictures, if I just say I'm a member, but I don't ever share anything, then it, I don't know. It, it didn't feel completely true to me in that sense. But anyway, I'm you know, not telling. Go ahead. Sorry, what I enjoyed this week mm -hmm. because I ballsed up releasing the recent Sony 16 podcast <laughs> episode <laughs> and had to get out and kind of go, oh, if you download, incidentally, anybody who hasn't already got this message, if you downloaded that episode, if you're one of the, <laughs> the few people who <laughs> have downloaded it and you find it sounds terrible, um, and that isn't just the sound of my voice, please do delete it and re-download it. That problem has now been fixed. Anyway, because of that, I was trying to let people know. And so I went onto the Discord channel, mm -hmm. and which I... Haven't, I, I have been lurking on the Discord channel more frequently, but not posting because I, I like to lurk. Um, <laughs> on the Sunny 16 podcast Discord channel, there is a uh, section for pictures of people's pets. Now, these are all pictures that people have shot on their film cameras, and they're lovely. I love that. I love seeing all of these photographs of people's <laughs> pets, and they're there because that's the section for people to share their pictures of their pets. Now, that's a great place for those to go. Like those pictures don't need to be fired onto the internet at large. Go, oh, here's a picture of my dog. But like there, that's exactly what I was looking for. I wanted to see pictures of people's awesome dogs and cats and stuff. It was great. Um, right. So partly it's just like, well, where are you sharing these? And like again, narrowing it down to for a purpose. 
as opposed to the big Instagram bucket or whatever. Right. You know, put them where put your pictures where there are people who will be looking for those photos as opposed to just throwing them out to the wide world and going, Hey, these? How about it? <laughs> yeah. So so maybe this is an opportunity for us to put a positive spin on this. Ooh. <laughs> I, I guess the core of what I was trying to get to here was that I, I don't experience this on the music side, on the photography side, you know, or for anyone doing anything creative as the creator, you've already got a little bit of bias. You know, some people are extremely hard on themselves and are critical of everything they produce. Some people love everything they do <laughs> some <laughs> some people hopefully have a realistic opinion and saying okay well this didn't work out this one looks good but i don't know if it's really saying anything interesting i guess from your experience you know either from talking to different people uh on the podcast over the years or just your own experience what is advice for people who could use, you know, an extra set of eyes or finding someone who they trust their opinion about these things. What's the best approach do you feel like for a creative person to get some feedback about what's good, what's could use a little bit more work, maybe an area that they may be stronger in? I mean, how do we evaluate our work? and take some of that subjectivity bias from being the creator out of it i guess what are your mm. thoughts i think there's for one thing i think there's two kind of distinct avenues then different things if you don't want criticism if you don't want people to kind of just say you know you should do this you should do that then that's absolutely fine in which case i would say with regards to sharing and being more mindful of what you're sharing i i would just say share the stuff that you think is super interesting like look at your work and go what do you think is super cool and share that mm -hmm. um that, that that is perfectly fine and and whether or not it gets a million likes or not, it doesn't matter like as if you're sharing the things that you think i i really like this this is what i want to represent me because this is what i give a damn about then that's great I think, especially if you're somebody who perhaps wants to try and build a portfolio to get work or get you know noticed by galleries or whatever it might be, then at that point, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense and getting some outside views is a great idea. But I do think the way you choose to do that is a really important thing. And Instagram and places like Instagram are not the place to do that. Like open forums like that are not a good place. So go to a smaller group of like places like the Sony 16 podcast Discord group. Join up with something like that where it's got a, a selective group of nice people who you can go, hey, here is some work I've done recently. I would appreciate some feedback on it and only do this if you actually mean you would like some feedback on it <laughs> right you know and be, and be prepared for the fact that people might say well this is what works for me this is what doesn't but yeah go to somewhere where you know that there are people there who are able to communicate 
their thoughts in a polite manner because right. that's the problem like the the internet is chock full of people whose opinions may not necessarily be wrong but the way that they deliver their opinions is absolutely toxic you know they, they might look at your picture and go oh, well this is just garbage your lighting is terrible why did you bother taking this <laughs> whereas somebody else who isn't a subhuman will go i really like the way you framed this i really like the the subject choice you've made but the exposure on this is a bit often you kind of lost the whatever it might be there's just and those two different things will hopefully get you to the same place but one won't shatter you as a creative individual and make you <laughs> want to throw your camera into the nearest river right so yeah i i think finding somewhere with a and and the, the nice thing is now and i think increasingly actually as places like twitter have kind of gone through whatever it is they're going through and they're becoming less popular we're once again seeing the rise of smaller communities around whether it's on things like discord or some of the other replacements that have come up for twitter where you can find a group of people who you can hopefully feel confident communicating and for me the pixelated photographer forum was that that's where i was able to get into photography and it's a small group of people and they were nice people and they were people I felt, you know i felt like i could put stuff in front of them and say is this good or is this bad or what do i you know what would make this better and like those conversations almost never to be like you're going to hear things that don't because we all want to be told oh no that's perfect you knocked it out of the park <laughs> so if you don't if you don't want to be told right. that that's not what you did don't go looking for <laughs> critique <laughs> Right. Well, I think it's, you know, because if we are practicing either any outlet, like we said, inevitably, you're going to be putting out a lot more, you're going to be creating a lot more output that isn't necessarily intended, you know, it's intended to help you get better. It's not necessarily intended for public consumption, mm -hmm. or at least that's my take on, on my stuff that I come out with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. I you you can just enjoy what you're doing you can enjoy taking <laughs> taking your shitty little pictures <laughs> playing your crappy music you can do that to your heart's content and mm -hmm. like that's absolutely fine this, uh, th that's what i intend to keep doing with the rest of my life like just mm -hmm. taking my garbage pictures playing my garbage music and having a fine old time doing that i'm just not going to expect the rest of the world to care about it because why should they because there's loads of people who are way 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 better at these things doing it go and pay attention to them that's like it, it doesn't negatively impact my enjoyment of the hobby I, it's this it, it's a relatively new feature of these hobbies for people who are doing it as hobbies this thing of getting it out to the masses like this is it's a new thing and it's become a really big thing but i think the question like people were able to enjoy music and photography for decades before instagram and soundcloud and youtube and all of these things we were all able to enjoy these hobbies i said we all I mean i wasn't doing it before then but before then we could probably all enjoy them just as much maybe even more now without these things we don't have to share anything we can just do it for ourselves and but if you get pleasure from sharing it and you can keep your emotional <laughs> mental state in good condition doing so then do that too it's all good right
Well, and that's a good point. Some of those pictures we were taking before uh, there was an Instagram or these other social media sites were, you know, holiday snaps or the, the sorts of personal family images that maybe we'll talk about in the future. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Who knows? But I, I last year or a couple of years ago, I called into um, a local darkroom supplies place, mm-hmm. and I was talking to a young chap that works there, and trying to engage him in conversation about photography, which was frankly quite hard work. <laughs> wasn't the most socially forward person I've come across, but I was asking about his work, and he's only oh yeah, this oh you know, do you have are you on Instagram? Is there I can go to see your pictures? Like no. I don't share it. Like, oh, well, why not? It's like, why don't I? Why would I? I have no need for other people to see my picture. I don't need anybody else's feedback. I do what I do for me. And at the time, I was like, well, that's just weird. <laughs> and now looking back, I'm like, I think he might have actually had a point. <laughs> maybe, maybe he had something there. Yeah, he was just doing it for himself and he's making his dark prints for his own benefit, <laughs> just enjoying right. that. What a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, again, there's there's no right or wrong here. I'm I'm certainly not trying to judge what anybody does, but I think we are producing this output and we're trying to, or at least I have been trying to evaluate whether, you know, I do it because I enjoy it, but is is the stuff that I'm doing any good or not? Or you know, I'm certainly getting enjoyment out of it. And that's that's why I continue doing it. But is that something that anyone else needs to see? Probably not, really. <laughs> <laughs> and the sorts of pictures, again, kind of going back to the way that, and, and this is about music and photography, maybe in ways that aren't about people creating them, but just these things to us as humans. And you know, those holiday snaps told the stories of our lives as individuals. And, you know, they hold memories of a second in time throughout our lives. And we've attached memories to songs. And so this this is an aspect of music and photography that has come up many times throughout these conversations, this idea of the memories we associate with images and with songs. And as creative outlets, they provide that opportunity of telling stories. You can tell a story, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? (laughs) And then uh, storytelling and song. And so, you know, while as individuals, we have these memories with pictures and with songs, humanity in our history, these things have meant something to us we tell our story as humans visually you know cave painting (laughs) cave wall paintings or or uh you know mashing up some berries and making a picture on on the side of some pottery or whatever uh you know going back to the way that these things are kind of hardwired into us it, it feels like these are two ways that we tell our stories as humans. And I think it just speaks to why these things are important to us, or or at least my opinion of one reason why they are is because of these, these memories that we have attached to these things. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think it's another aspect of where we're at a bit now that I think is divorcing us a little bit from these things is because because there's just such a barrage of singular images, single music, you know, it, it's harder to pick up on the stories, but it's hard to find these things because they just, it's a constant flow of stuff. That's why I think I would rather see more people making zines, photo books, whatever, because those are places where it's easier to actually craft whatever it is you want to convey in those things, mm -hmm. the feelings, the emotions, in a way that you can't do with it. Oh, so it's difficult to do on a photo sharing platform. And likewise with music, I think it's a real shame that for all that I enjoy and use a great deal, streaming music services like the album have suffered and the albums are still mm -hmm. coming out. And I you know, I think we've talked barely about any of that. that I've started buying CDs again and records and uh, because when they're done well, they they become more than the sum of their parts sometimes. But right. Yeah, like music and photography is, is I think, music for all of us. You know, we all have songs which we associate with times of our lives, you know, because it's music can be with us always. We can always hear a tune on the radio. I remember the, I think, the song um, The Race by the band Yellow, I think. Could be wrong on that. I haven't listened to it since the time that I crashed my car whilst that song was playing. Um, you know that's i mean and that was a long long time ago now but i will never forget that i wasn't going that fast at the time it was definitely something from that blink cassette you know i remember being in tasmania on this herb farm wandering around in the sunshine listening to the red hot chili peppers on my walkman my cassette walkman this is in 2002 i shouldn't have been using a cassette walkman in 2002 but i very much still was things can absolutely anchor us. And as you said, the, the pictures that we take of as memories of those times can just drag us straight back there. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and, and tech companies know that. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming everybody has the same experience. I do it every day. And I do not bother to look at them every day. Every day, my phone's going, here's you two years ago. Here's you five years ago. <laughs> look at what you were doing. Isn't it better than what you're doing now? Like, oh, come on, phone. I don't need this. <laughs> Look how young you were 10 years ago. Go, get your cell phone. I don't need this. It's not even nine o'clock yet. <laughs> they fully tapped into that. That's right. Well, uh, one of the things I thought about music, just as being an important part of our lives, I mean, I think it is pretty common. Most of us grow up listening to what our parents listen to. And, you know, the, that reminds us of those times. But one of sort of the um, coming of age moments, it feels like, is when you discover some piece of music that that is yours or that you claim, you know, as as being yours. And music, when you would buy, you know, a physical thing, that's what a lot of young people spend their first money on is buying an album or CD or cassette or eight track or whatever it was, you know, that was like the first possession that you went out and and spent money on and so that becomes part of who you are in your identity and and finding that 
that music that that's yours and you're not listening to what your parents did that's that's uh not cool man <laughs> what was that for you billy michael jackson's thriller <laughs> hey, listen that's that's not bad michael jackson's not bad do you want to know what mine was yes please the one that particularly sticks out in mine was um betty boo doing the do <laughs> i'll actually be more precise it was the album boo mania which featured doing the do also boo is booming um many other greatest and uh i had that cassette for several years until i was in i think my early 20s uh, yeah early 20s and i was driving along in my car as one does it's the best place to drive um with right. some people who i worked with and there's a guy one of my co Coast was in the front with me, uh, and he just picked up the cassette, went, What the hell? wound down the window and threw my Betty Boo cassette out the window. It was quite a harsh judgment of my musical taste. Right. Well, you know, my parents, my father was a teenager in the 50s, and so he listened to that sort of sha na na and rockabilly kind of. Mm -hmm. That was his teenage music, you know, and my my mother was a teenager in the 60s. So she was more along the lines of, say, the Beatles or both and probably both of them Elvis Presley to some degree. So not even about specific artists, but, you know, by the time I was a teenager, it was all about synthesizers and MTV and drum machines and electric you know that's when uh break dancing and and the very very early stages of of rap with run dmc and, and those guys it was a different vibe in the very beginning you know just music in general changed obviously a great deal in those 20 30 years from my parents era to mine yeah yeah, absolutely no, and it's the same now. For uh, you know, you've got a kid, I've got right. a kid. You know, I, I, actually, one of the exciting parts of being a parent is waiting to see what that is for them. Because I don't think that they're going to come to me and go, "Hey, Dad, have you heard this? It's doing it to death by Betty Boo." <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be interested in any of Alison Clark's catalogue of music. But um, <laughs> but I. I that transition of becoming their own people and finding their own thing and not just reflecting back what you are is oh god it's and it's starting to happen uh, <laughs> when we're driving my boys live down in devon um which mm -hmm. is about three hour drive away from me and for a long time when we've been traveling to and fro we're just like well okay i'll stick on my playlist because that's the only playlist there is so that's what we're going to listen to and i kept nagging them saying look make a playlist of music on your phones and we'll listen to that and that'll be great and last in this last year they've started to do that and um it was on the way back up i was listening to my we said okay we'll listen to logan's my oldest son we'll put his on and uh after the third latin sort of lounge music easy listening we're like logan how how much of this stuff is there on he was like um i'm pretty sure there's only three it's like okay maybe this wasn't a good idea <laughs> there's only so much of the things in in the style of girl from ipanema that i can really face <laughs> da, 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 da. but you know he's finding his own groove out there there was other right. stuff as well it was a very random selection but how that ended up on there i do not know 
that was not for me <laughs> much so i like it right well and another sort of way that and this is actually you know so the music and photography podcast in the very beginning was was eight episodes and and i did sort of a version of this in episode eight where i tried to kind of do a lessons learned or wrap up sort of thing. And the thing that stood out to me most, and it's not about these things as creative pursuits so much as what they mean to us as people. And um, kind of my main conclusion for the role that music and photography has played with me in my life are these connections with other people. With music, I was in the school band you know, all of the people that I was closest to were my friends in the band uh, because I spent uh, more time with them than everyone else. And, uh, you know, a lot of those musical memories from early on were because me and my friends were listening to the same music. It wasn't just my music. It was the music of our generation, our era. So we shared that and then, of course, the memories of going to concerts to see bands that we liked. You know, that was a social event for us. Um, so all of those fond memories. And then, you know, the few times that I have been able, to, well, I, in the school band, I did play music with other people. Uh, for other people I've talked to who are in bands like a garage rock band you know, where there's uh, someone playing guitar and someone playing bass and someone playing drum and drums. I know that that connection of playing music with other people, and maybe you'll share some of your thoughts on that when we talk again in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know until That's next right. time. <laughs> but these connections with people through through music has been a tremendous gift to me in my life. And then on the photography side, I mean, all of my favorite pictures I have ever made are, they have my favorite people in them. That's why they're my favorite pictures. You know, it's what I do for the people that I love and care about is I take their picture because I love photography and, and that's a way to combine those things. But just in terms of the connections, certainly through the podcast, through all of, you know, the Discord channels or different social media outlets, you know, I'm not just doing film photography on my own. I've uh, connected and engaged with all of these people who also enjoy it. And I enjoy being connected to those people because through this thing that, this interest that we share so music and photography for me for all of the things that i enjoy about the process of doing these things or the satisfaction i get out of doing them i think the biggest thing from for me are these connections to other people through these things yeah with music it can be very direct as you said if you're playing with somebody else that that's an instant feedback loop and it's and it, you know, you it does wonders for your energy and enthusiasm and passion. But I do think the same is completely true with photography. And it, when I went to the Analog Spotlight event, um, just kind of walking through the door and going, "I oh, hear my people. Here's all the people who I love seeing in the community, and look, and this is great." And then the conversations you get into around 
photography and creativity and what people are doing and it just you just find yourself getting more and more fired up and like oh my god why am i not i i i don't want to be sat here i want to be out with a camera now i think anytime you can bring other people into what you're doing it just makes it a more fun thing and i think it makes for a better end result as well i when i've done mucking around with doing some studio well studio trying to do sort of studio photography i guess with lights and stuff and having somebody else there and having somebody there doing some modeling and like it there's just more energy it's more fun uh, photography tends to default to being a very solitary hobby and i think it can be easy to feel like well that's the best way to do it and sure i think if you want to go out and take landscape photos and spend hours that you know that probably is or if you want to go out and do street photography and really lean into that and you know be a, maybe that's the best way to do it on your own but also maybe not i mean i'm not saying look <laughs> photo walks are not the best way for going and taking great photos photo walks a great way of going and having fun and chatting to people but actually going out with an, another person can really make a difference and mm -hmm. it can really i find that that kind of chemistry between you and the other person whether you're both taking pictures whether somebody's there just doing something else but talking to you about what you're doing it gets your brain working in a different way than when you're just on your own in your own brain loop i think whatever we can do to kind of get ourselves into a different brain space as somebody who spends all of my time when i leave the house when i leave the house in the morning until when I come home in the evening, except when I'm talking to other people, I'm listening to podcasts or audiobooks. And it's amazing that when I'm not doing that, when maybe the batteries have run down on my phone or something, suddenly your brain's just off and everywhere else, and you're thinking about all the other things. You're like, oh, why do I not? Why don't I stop more often? And because it turns out that maybe I'm actually using all these things to just block out all of these creative thinking. <laughs> um, unfortunately, then by the time I got home, I've forgotten all the creative thoughts. But yeah, anything you can do to kind of shift your headspace. And I think having other people around and involving other people is a great way of doing that because their interaction with you will put you into a different creative place. Right. Well, and, and, I, and I feel like maybe my experience was a little bit different maybe than people who had been into this before I was, because when I started this, we were still, I guess, technically in the COVID days, <laughs> maybe just starting to come out of it. But, you know, some of the people I talked to early on, or certainly, you know, maybe I read from 35MMC or heard talking on a podcast or whatever, it felt like, whereas COVID for me, gave me all of this time to dive into this new hobby and learning how to develop film and learning the darkroom printing and all of this. And so I was excited to go out every weekend and take pictures uh, to print things. But I think it had the opposite effect on people who were really used to that social aspect of photography and all of a sudden it was taken away from them and they just stopped shooting. Is, is that a story you've heard people tell? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think it's very difficult when you're trying to pull all of the creative energy just out of yourself. You know, you go out on your own, and especially at that time when I think we were all going through some stuff at that point, even if you weren't 
directly negatively affected in some big way it, we were all going through it. and yeah i think a lot of people found it there was a lot of talk of you know you'd see on social media so many people going oh now i've got this time i'm going to do this i'm going to do this it's going to be amazing and going to be so creative and i do this and yet an awful lot of people an awful lot of us i would include myself in this it's when my creative brain has just stalled out um right. you know that I mean, for one thing, I wasn't suddenly blessed with a, a, an excess of free time. That didn't happen for me because I was lucky enough to be able to work throughout it. Right. But uh, yeah, I think an awful lot of people found it far from a sudden outburst of creativity happening. It was the opposite. They felt lost and isolated. And we, we need to be in a good place like to be able to produce. Being creative is hard. And I, you know, I've talked before about the fact that like the people who I really admire for being artistic people, you know, people who who just have the kind of brains that generate new and novel and creative ideas. Like those people are rare and special, and you know, like like incredibly valuable. And for the rest of us that are doing the the best we can and with the creativity and that we have, like that gets us by most of the time. But when suddenly the world goes into meltdown and social interaction and all the norms are taken away, I think yeah that impacted me i think it impacted an awful lot of people right because again a bit like you were saying earlier it's like well why are we doing any of this <laughs> Quite a bit of that kicked in it's like uh this yeah it's not always easy um and i do think that yes having having other people around uh, when you're at the beginning of any thing it's it's easier because you've got all the enthusiasm of the new and the fresh and like hey this is all novel but you wear through that and then you need you need something to help you keep going and whether that's inspiration from books or conversations online or from people you meet or whatever for, for most of us there has to be something external to help us keep topping up that creative energy like i said if you're one of these people who just generates stuff then that's amazing but uh, for a lot of us for and certainly for me I, I need that external top up to inspire me, to make me want to get out, to make me want to pick up a camera, to give me an idea about what I might want to do, to give me ideas. It's those are external factors. And it turns out that just seeing smug people on the internet <laughs> saying, Oh, I've made 15 loaves of sourdough today wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> no, I understand that completely. Well, it, you know, this series has been about all of these things it's been music and photography looking at these things as creative outlets it's been you know on some level just what do they mean to us as people speaking of the connections that we make with people and and talking about you know having those people in your life who are super creative and just always looking for new ways to create things um as we talk it's the end of october and so it's been almost two years since john whitmore passed away and of course i never met john in person but we had several online exchanges he was actually moderating the you know when they had the photography show that first year and it and it ended up being virtual and he managed the uh chat function and happened to be in there when i 
when I popped in and, and we had a little exchange there and, you know, that Christmas he was doing like an advent calendar on his YouTube channel where he was doing a little short 10 or 15 minute videos every day or, or that was the goal. And <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> <laughs> and he went live one day when I just happened to be sitting in the drive through of a restaurant to pick to pick up my lunch here are you saying restaurant i mean what restaurant was this that had a drive through <laughs> this it was a fast food restaurant oh, okay <laughs> fine dining that's right but i had turned on alerts for when john would post a video and so mm -hmm. i got an alert and i was sitting there in the drive through and <laughs> and watching his video and he saw that i was there and he you know said hey and i you know we just it was just so weird that we were having this exchange with me sitting in a drive-thru <laughs> in birmingham alabama and he was over in coventry uh, in his dark shed doing this uh, youtube live video and you know sadly the last cheap shots challenge on unwind when that youtube video went up uh, Alex Purcell and I were, were watching it live and we were chatting back and forth and John popped in there and he was, you know, asking us both questions about the pictures we had submitted and just chatting with us. And of course, it was just a couple of days later that he passed away. And, you know, me doing this podcast had a lot to do with John. You know, it wasn't about John. It wasn't about when all of that happened, I was certainly looking for something that I could do as a sort of, you know, in his honor for following his lead. I felt like, you know, the whole reason he had a YouTube channel, the whole reason he joined the podcast was because he wanted to engage with people in the film photography community and kind of share, you know, the things that he was passionate about and interested in. And so, that was my thought. What it? What is it that I care about that I could potentially share with people and engage with people in? And it just so happened that a few weeks later, um, I had planned to attend this workshop that was on concert photography. So I thought, you know, I could do a, a non-location Sunny 16 Presents episode about concert photography because nobody had really talked about that before. And then... <laughs> But then I thought, well, that's going to be 10 or 15 minutes of me talking about uh, exposure bracketing and how interesting is that going to be? Fascinating. <laughs> that's right. So then it recognizing that limitation is what caused me to reach out to some other people. And I thought, well, that would be interesting. Maybe I could talk to a few other people in the community and find out what music and photography has meant to them. Uh, again, you know, like we talked about at the top, because you had made this comment. Uh, that made perfect sense once I thought about it, that there are a lot of people that are interested in both, you know, and, and so it grew and kept going. And I've been so lucky and honored to have people uh, share their stories with me about these things. And it's been a blast putting it together, but, but certainly a huge inspiration from John, you know, and hope that, he would have enjoyed the spirit in which it was made in his honor, hopefully.
I think he would have thought it was awesome, Billy. I genuinely do. Yeah, in so many ways, John epitomizes much of what we've talked about this evening. His drive, his desire to be a creative to in so many ways, but his energy and enthusiasm. I mean, I he was the main person that would kind of, I would vampire off because we'd have these conversations long after we'd recorded the podcast. That him, me and Claire would frequently sit up until half past <laughs> one in the morning, gabbing away about this, that and the other, about films, about what ideas he's gotten, throwing ridiculous crap at the wall, you know, things he might do. And, you know, he was so up for trying anything. Um, but at the same time, he was somebody who took he he was in on the one hand he would any crazy idea no matter how nonsensical he would go yes let's do that i mean as listeners will have heard you know like when he did his banana based thing <laughs> on podcast so many so many things like that he'd have these ridiculous ideas but then because of who he was like okay now i'm going to try and do this to the best possible way it could be done he really wanted to create make the best images he could with whatever he was trying to do he, that, that's where i always fall down i'll have an idea i'll go ah, i did this half-assed oh that's enough where it's like no i'm gonna make this awesome and he just wanted to he wanted to to make great art and he was getting better uh, you know he was working hard and he was getting better and better i mean as a professional photographer he was doing already incredibly well but he wanted to take it further than that and he was and i got a picture on my wall so this is a picture that john was working on when he died it's probably one of the last pictures he was working on one of the last prints he was working on and it's a just a very simple picture it's quite a big print i don't know how big it is it's you know 20 by some of that bigger number <laughs> so, <I don't> know. <laughs> but it's a big print it has mm -hmm. pride of place on the wall in my house and it's this bird's egg shell that you must have found in the garden. Small bird's egg shell that's just half of it. And um, it's just that on a white background. It's beautifully lit. It's beautifully printed. He clearly put a lot of effort into printing, which is why I have a copy of it, because I got what must have been one of his last, like, this is nearly perfect copies of, and then there was another one, and I said to Anne-Marie, we were going to say, can I have this, please? She said, yeah, of course, <laughs> because there was a lot of prints there. And, yeah, but this was the only one of this, apart from the one that she kept. But it's not it's not just a beautiful picture. It, it's every time I walk past that picture, not only does it make me think of my friend, because it's a beautiful picture that he made, but there's something about the way that he has captured that image and the choice of what that subject is that is constantly making me think it's constantly making me think about what i want to do with my photography it, there's there's so there's so many things that i read into this picture that i take from it i have no idea whether that's what he was thinking um about life about photography about creativity in general i get so much from it and the you know the fact that this is a thing that he made and that exists and keeps going forward is uh it's it's i'm very very glad i have it there's <laughs> not a day that goes past i don't walk past it and stop and look at it and like stop and look at it and think about it if i ever make a photo if i ever make a print that can do that 
I will consider that the greatest success in my life. And so, yeah, John was bloody awesome. And he was inspirational to me <laughs> and an absolute um, encourager of stupidity in the best <laughs> way possible. Um, and he still inspires and encourages me uh, today. And I think a lot of other people who have the benefit of listening to him on the podcast and seeing what he did. Yeah, he was an all around awesome dude. Absolutely. To John. <laughs> to John, indeed, Billy. To John. Well, Graham, I do appreciate uh, you joining me again for what is what's past this prologue. <laughs> no, I, I hope people have enjoyed this sort of recap of music and photography, and I hope that they'll be looking forward to hearing your a little bit more of your own personal story as it relates to these things uh, coming up in the near future. <laughs> It's mostly me ranting about AI. Just really <laughs> want to warn people. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's that long section about trying to get glasses on chickens, but that's a lot of <laughs> Thanks again to Graham and thanks to all of you for listening. Please do tune in one more time in the near future as we wrap up this series exploring music and photography. As always, thanks to Mike Gutterman for our theme song, Timeless. You can find all sorts of music for Mike on his Bandcamp page at mikegutterman.bandcamp.com. You can get in touch with Sunny16 at sunny16presents at gmail.com. And as John might say, Always try and be a decent human being.